0: The Six Pointer Podcast.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Six Pointer Podcast. Immediate post match reaction to Crystal Palace's 2 0 defeat. Uh, this evening at home to Newcastle United um, I'm joined uh, by, as always, my brother Luke Luke, I hesitate to ask how you're doing I'm not
2: too bad, thank you Matthew uh, Disappointed with the result, we'll get into that But apart from that, I'm alright, thank you How are you?
1: Yeah, uh, I'm, well, we'll come on to how I am in a minute I'll, I'll kick us off with that in a minute
0: Kevin Smith, hello sir, as always, how you doing? Hello mate, Matt, I'm alright mate It's Friday night and Palace have lost So we're consistent, if nothing else But I'm fine mate <laughs> Can
1: always rely, rely on Palace, can't you? Start your weekend off uh, in in style, and, and and very special guest, and a massive warm welcome to Newcastle United fan Davy. Hi, Davy. Thank you for joining us this evening.
3: Oh, good evening, Matthew, and thank you for having me on. Um, I'm the only one smiling, I think, Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Why is that? <laughs> well, oh, come this, on, to on that, this I'm cool sure. you
1: are, but we, we, yeah. try, we try we try to remain constructive and. Uh, positive on this pod, Davy, as you'll find, so uh, looking forward to having a chat with you about this evening's game. Um, Cheers, it very, very nearly was a 0-0 board draw, as they say, uh, and the reason I he- hesitated ask it, answering the question about how I am, Luke, is because I was actually going to start off the pod with a few minutes to go, uh, expecting to finish 0-0, saying that I was I was actually going to say I'm very angry about the game tonight. I felt <laughs> that from a palace perspective. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kev, don't ask how I'm feeling now, but yeah. I was very angry at that point because I, I really felt for Palace that that game was there for the taking. Um, you guys were doing the pod pretty much on the on the WhatsApp group, I think, before before they started. As well. That was the idea, mate, yeah. <laughs> but I saw the messages popping up on my watch and actually I, 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 I reflected on a point Davey was making about, you know, Newcastle coming for a point and, and fair play, why wouldn't you? Um, given the way both teams play. Patrice Kelly went for it at the end, didn't they? But I, I was so frustrated. Kev, I'm going to come to you to start yeah. us off. What At 0-0 with a couple of minutes to go, what were you thinking?
0: Well, first things first, Matt, if you need the Samaritans number, mate, I've got it. Uh, I've got it on speed <laughs> dial. So I can give you that soon after the pod's done. <laughs> I'm like you, Nil-Nil, Neil, I, I honestly thought, in fairness to Roy, he was going for it in that last few minutes, and I think I actually said on the thing, we might get caught with a sucker punch. My big fear all the way through was Callum Wilson, because he always caused us t- trouble at Bournemouth, and with the greatest respect to Jarlington, when uh, when he was missing the chances, I was just pleased that they weren't going to Wilson. He then puts one away, they get a second one, and as always, as we always are, fair play to them. They got what they deserved at the end, we're disappointed, but it's Palace. At least we were trying to go for it. Um yeah. But you know, and and so that's 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 my take on it, Matt. At this point, Davey, what are you thinking? At Neil, Neil, of a couple minutes to go.
3: Yeah, I I, t- I fully agree. And obviously, we're having a bit of banter on WhatsApp, weren't we? All the way through. Um, I fully agree. It's it, it had draw all over it, and uh, we certainly didn't deserve to win the game. Um, for a change, it actually um, somehow worked for us and backfired for the opposition when you decided to to bring on your your power up front. Uh, well, power Benteke, um, and then of course Batchuwa uh, with what five six minutes to go. And I, I actually thought at that point, oops, here we go. We'll get we'll get a test with this lad, uh, although he's not scored yet for years, uh, but he scores for fun for Belgium. And um, we scored pretty much straight away. And, um, yeah, it, it came by surprise and um, shattered all my illusions of it being a 0-0 draw, which really is what it should have been, because that was a game of two defences. I thought that were just, you know, nulling, nullifying each other's uh, attack out. And um, it was all a bit of a damn squib, wasn't it? The final finishing, uh, but hey-ho, there we go. We got it out at the end somehow.
1: Luke, did either team get out of second gear or maybe first gear in, in the first half in particular?
2: I think Newcastle for a couple of minutes at the end there went into fifth for a bit but um, they jumped <laughs> up the gears but but it was um, yeah I completely agree with Davey you know I think I said to you boys in the WhatsApp chat and all that I, when I looked at it it looked like pa- Newcastle was so hard to break down from Palace's point of view and then when Newcastle had the ball Palace were doing exactly the same you could see those banks running across across the pitch um, and it, it made for probably not a great game for the neutral but I mean there were some touchy moments in there weren't there and it wasn't a it wasn't a game that was that should have been decided by two game two goal margin. But um, the first goal, you've got to say, um, right in the eighty seventh minute, you've got to say a great assist and a great finish. And the second one's a, a a disappointing deflection, which, barring that, probably doesn't go in the goal. But you know, puts a bit of gloss on the on the, on the finish from Newcastle, really. Mm-hmm. At, at, at half-time, sort of
1: a nil nil. Um, probably was a fair place to be, wasn't it? I, the only thing from Palace's perspective, I think, of the first half was a couple of chances for Schlupp. There was the the run where he had the one-on-one one with the defender and he got a shot away. And then there was a header which maybe he kind of met, uh, maybe as he shouldn't have done. Um, Davey, can you remember much from Newcastle's perspective in the first half, there were a couple of chances? weren't? There? Yeah. I think right beginning well- the, the start there was.
3: First twenty minutes, we were. I thought we were in control. Um, uh, uh, not not brilliant control, but we were in control for Newcastle. And um, I, you know, I think Crystal Palace. Or I'm sorry to say this, but a very similar site in Newcastle, And that yeah. uh, you yeah. don't expect you don't expect too much from them as Palace fans. You're quite happy to I think sit back and uh, get people on the attack. Um I think the only time really you become effective and show your power is when teams really go for it, such as what Leeds did when you somehow beat them 4-1 a few weeks back. Um, but I thought those first 20 minutes, I agree with Kev. Um, unfortunately, we had four really good chances and they all fell to Joe Linton. And Joe Linton, who is a, a man who lacks in confidence, plus is not a striker, by the way. Um, he, uh, they all fell to him. I mean, there was that also that mistake right at the end of the first half by Scott Dann. By the way, he he he's got a few mistakes in on that lad. Um, but uh it felt that like Joe Linton, unfortunately, who did a bit of a damn squib of a shot. That was our best chance. But I suppose a draw was still a fair result because the la- the last part of the first half, it was Palace who were the better team.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I must admit, I I, I agree with Davy. I mean, as as we said, Joe Linton had three or four chances, and and fair play to what Andy Townsend said as well. At the end, you know when you've lost the game, as we have, and then he's got that goal and he gets the goal, which goes in off Cahill as well. You never know, that might just give him that confidence boost, a bit like when he got one, I think, last year at Tottenham. Um, And and I think the thing is, from my point of view, you know, we we got what we deserve. You've got to take your chances earlier. And there were a few times when we had chances in the second half, I mean, right near the end, when, in fairness, Van Armo goes down the left again for um, however many times he's done that. And you know, I think there was a bit of debate whether it was a cross or a shot. I can't, I can't remember what Luke said. For me, that was a shot. But he should, have, if he just takes a bit off it and crosses it, that's why he's got a three-yard tap-in. And then at one-nil, mm. we're we're then in the ascendancy in the 87th minute. I think one thing I will, or two things I will make a quick point on, if I may. Um, I think Scott Dan did have a stinker, but generally he's normally good. But today he didn't get anything right. So I agree with you, Davey. He, he, he was. He got away with it a little bit, but didn't get away with it later on. But the other point I will make, and it's not because I'm being a mood hoover on a Friday night being miserable, that first Newcastle goal was an excellent move, but I would have liked to have seen our keeper do a bit more, if I'm honest. And equally, the second goal, yes, it's got a deflection, but it didn't have a massive deflection, and Gaeta was still beaten. And I was just a bit disappointed about... How we conceded both of those goals from that
3: point of view. He went Man. through his legs. He, yeah. I think you've got a good keeper there, by the way. Um, but I, I mean, I agree with you there. Um, he, I don't think he did himself any favours at all for the chances. It wasn't exactly like he was being tested. Unlike our goalkeeper, Dallo, who, uh, as you you would all agree, made. Two maybe three outstanding saves. So, yeah, he had, a, he had he really had a chance to save them chances, and I don't think he did himself yeah. any favors at all.
2: I oh, was brilliant, wasn't he? I, I think I said that in the chat as well. I, I watched him from. I remember when he, he spend four years at Forest, and then he went wasn't he back there alone when you bought him. Was that right?
3: Yeah, we did a we did a sort of double deal with um, Lascelles and him, bought them both at the same time as young young. I think England the twenty one internationals at the time. Mm. Um, at least Lascelles was. And um, we loaned them, yeah, as you rightly say, straight back. And we're quite excited for them coming in. Um, but uh, Darlow um, never really cemented his place. Um, in the Championship, he, he was there. But once we got into the Premier League, he didn't really. But now he's getting his chance with Dabravka, who we love, by the way. Who, you know, he's saved us a lot of points. And I think... He's, he's, a,
2: doing... he's a former SBO goalkeeper as well. He was on, like, he was on the SBO for a bit as well. So, uh, yeah, got a lot of love for um
0: Okay.
3: Yeah, yeah, and he's he's doing more. He's doing the same as if not more than what De Grafka would have done. And he apparently, he was on the the brink of the England squad. Um, you know, the last the last England squad. But hey ho. Yeah.
0: What was your thoughts, Matt? Can I? Ask uh, I mean,
1: I might... for, for, uh, like I said, Kev, I, I I was really angry because, and it's yet again another example of where the um, the lack of zahar means that we are really lacking in any attacking intent. I thought. Eze, they should have tried to get him on the ball a lot more. Um, he looked really good when he was on the ball tonight and he was our main threat. I thought Schluppy did a good job up front. I think he, he worked hard. He he battled the position. To be fair, I you could have come off of me a lot earlier. I thought he, there was no point in him being on the pitch to be honest with you tonight. Townsend, I think oh, you wow. made a comment earlier, Kev. You made a comment earlier, Kev, about Townsend forgetting he was on the pitch. I mean, yeah, I mean, bar sort of a few moments in the first half, he was really an ineffective tonight. Um, I was disappointed when we brought Ben Takeo and we didn't put the ball into the box more. I can think of one cross in the sort of half an hour that he was on that was put into the box. And if you can give the bloke a chance, put the ball, put the ball in yeah. the air, that's where he's effective.
0: Well, he did um, do a good header, didn't he? And as Davy quite rightly said, I thought, you know, in fairness, it's come up at a good height for the keeper, but he's made a strong hand. and He, he did well to get onto that header. But again, you know, the keeper made a good save and, um, you know, sorry to cut across. But I think, yeah, you're right. He did do well on that. And he actually worked hard a few times he got back. So I think Christian did OK, in fairness, um, from what he did. Sorry.
1: That's fine. I was just, just, it's just the attacking intent, I guess, disappointed me tonight. And, and, you know, we had a few opportunities late on, as you say. Coyote's chance. I thought he could have hit that lot earlier. Um, I can't remember who defender got across that blocked him, but um, whoever that was, actually that Newcastle defender, he was Fernandez. He Fernandez, he
3: he he's made a lot of mistakes uh, last few games, Fernandez, but he's, I think he's our best defender by far out of the four that we have, the the central halves, the no, central halves that we have.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, mm-hmm. I think uh, I think I'd said in the t- uh, chat at one point. Uh, and I think you said that, David had made a few mistakes, but I thought he was very solid tonight. And I I thought, bearing in mind he'd been booked after about 15 minutes, I thought he played really well. And that, that, that where he threw himself in front of it, really, really good. And that's what you want. And mm. and again, I think Davey alluded to it earlier, and we all did. We were there for the taking, and you were there for the taking. But us being the home team, I would have expected us to do a lot more sorry, I still think we lack urgency. I know we tried to up up the tempo in the last five, ten minutes. But I still think there are times where we're going too far across the the pitch and playing some nice football across. But I want to see penetration. I want to see us get in because we're not hurting teams.
3: Well, hence the similarity. Sorry, Kev, sorry. Yeah.
0: No, 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 you're right. I was going to say that's the
3: hence the more similarities between Newcastle and Palace. Uh, that's the Geordie delay by the way, causing that. <laughs> um the um, you know the, the more similarities is that lack of urgency, lack of belief, lack of confidence. And without Zaha, like you said, Matt, I think you're not the you're not the same team really. So
2: the point I did want to make though, Kev was 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 a good point that you made, is that in the last ten minutes, to be fair, Roy did go for it and he and he, he threw Benteke on, a few bats wire on. So you can't you can't blame no, 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 for being... Not blaming anyone, or, or having... having Not blaming tactics anyone. ...this evening. But no, because, oh, yeah. because that's... Like, if you look on social media, if you look on the reaction, the general reaction to, to, the, to the game, that's what it is. It's that, you it? know, he started yeah. with Schlupp and are oh, Schlapp, I thought, did really well up front. I think he caused Newcastle problems. He had that strength. He held it up. You know, won that mm. yellow card early on, which obviously Fene- affected Fernandez's game. But I think he still did very well. I thought Fernandez was arguably up there with Darlow for Newcastle's man of the match. Having yeah, Callum yeah. Wilson's finish probably he, he probably just nixed it there. But Joel Linton, I said in the chat, I thought he did. He he persisted very well.
0: He did get the assist for the first goal, didn't he? Yes, I would say
3: so. Yeah. Joel Linton did, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely.
2: Yeah. Was... So so for him to go in and get, get his goal, I, I thought fair enough. I thought he actually played really well. He was if that yeah. if he was wearing a Palace shirt tonight, I'd be saying that boy putting a shift and he
3: got yeah. his result. But, David, you disagree with that? Go on. Yeah, well, I'm not a fan. Um, I mean, Deb, we've paid a lot of money for the lad, which isn't his fault. Uh, I could talk a long time about um, Joe Linton, but it'd be a really boring podcast, particularly for Palace, Palace fans. But I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not a fan. I mean, he's getting paid a lot of money. I don't think he works hard enough uh, for a start. Um, he, he, yeah, he lacks in confidence, but um, his body language pretty often particularly when he's on his own up front is somebody that just is confused, whether that's Bruce's tactics or just the fact that he's in the Northeast, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but, but tonight when we lined up 4-4-2, it was a lot more of a positive uh, lineup. And beforehand, I was a little bit despondent. I had tipped Palace for a 2-0 win. And uh, when I, I didn't realize Zahar was still self-isolating, that was good. And then a 4-4-2, I thought, well, hang on, Joel Linton and Wilson, who I was surprised to be starting as well. I thought he would have been on the bench. Um, Maybe, just maybe we could nick something here. And it did look a lot more, he looked a lot more confident. He definitely needs somebody alongside him, but he's still not a centre forward. He's he's a little bit cumbersome for a big, strong lad. He's he's, he's not a big threat to defences and they suss him out quite quickly. Uh, but yeah, he, he, he did have a good game. And his first half he did anyway, setting off, drifted out a little bit, but got his goal and I guess he probably did deserve it in the end. Yeah.
2: David, can, can I ask you just just going back to you as well? Um, you mentioned that Wilson, you didn't expect him to be starting. Is that through fitness alone, or, or...
3: he's been out last four games? So um, right. you know, without Wilson, we're, we're, I mean, we're poor. But without Wilson, we're really poor. And um, he, he gives—he's—he's he's, he's a, he's a threat. And Kev, you said before you really like him. I've always liked Wilson. Me, he's—he's—he's um, he's, uh, he's always on. He's always—he's he's snappy, fast. He's very penetrative, Matt and yeah. um, he, and he, and he and he's direct as well and the pace yeah. obviously anybody with a bit of pace up front who can sort of like sit on the shoulder like he does is going to frighten people no but it was simply because he's been out and I thought well yeah. he's you know he'll come on second an half and they'll play Joe Linton up front mm. on his own but yeah he looked sprightly and fit so let's hope he stays fit because he does have an injury in him does, uh, does Callum Wilson
1: so, where the palace go from here? I mean, it's a couple of what I describe as quite flat performances. You know, we can't we can't be in position each time where the minute Zaha's not on the pitch, you know, we've got no chance of picking anything up other than a draw. Where where do we go here, Luke? Is Eze into the Zaha role the answer? Is it just wrap Zahar in cotton wool and hope nothing ever happens to him? You know, what's what's the
2: game plan? What's the approach? Uh, I think the approach generally within Palace is, is thinking that Eze will grow into that excitement factor that Zaha brings on the pitch and, you know, when Zaha eventually does leave, that it, there, there'll be something there to replace that, oh, shit, he's got the ball and the opponent's off, you know, everyone stand up sort of thing, situation. But yeah, I understand what you're, what you're saying, but I don't know. I, I'm still of the opinion that it was it was unlucky tonight. You know, I, I think that Newcastle came and, and did very well and, 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 you know, took their chances. But had it not been for, uh, you know, a millimetre here or there or, or a flick from Joel Linton, it, 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 we're, we're talking about a, a draw and a point each year. So, yeah, I'm disappointed, obviously. I think that given the fact that we went for it in the last 10, we didn't really go for it, did we? I mean, yeah, well, we've been take we batch on. But we'd, like you said, Matthew, when you've got someone like Teckers, you need to be bombarding the air. It needs to be aerial, sort of. You need to be getting Kleine and PVA to both deliver those balls. And that's, that's, that's the game plan because that's what that bloke up at the end of the pitch is good at doing. So, yeah, disappointed that we didn't do that. It feels like we didn't make the most of the opportunity there and then uh, got caught on the counter very well. And if if you're an away uh, team, as Davey is, very happy with that result, because, why wouldn't you be? You know, you, you came and you finished your chances when the other team didn't.
3: I can't understand as a as a obviously neutral Crystal Palace, uh, looking at them, um, why you don't score more. Um, you know, you've got three strikers there who really don't score enough and you know that and it must be so frustrating. Um I mean I mentioned Batshuai before, he plays for Supposedly the best international team in the world, and scores for them. You think he scored something like ten in ten for them? Something like that. I don't don't quote me on that. And then of course um, Benteki, who I think I said on the WhatsApp group, I still can't understand how that lad's flopped as a footballer. <laughs> you know, he was he was an absolute beast at Villa. Failed a little bit at Liverpool, but you thought coming to London, you you know, he's made for him in that stadium when it's full. You turn off, get behind your team and create noise. And he just hasn't done it, has he? And then Jordan Ayew, who's, a you know, he's travelled around a bit, but for a little striker who, who's got a, you know, he's a bag of tricks and he's dangerous, doesn't score enough goals. It must be really frustrating for you. Where do you go? It's really strange because as you say,
1: on paper... All of them and others should chip in with goals, and it's it's a it's a dynamic the Palace have had for a number of years now in the Premier League. You know, I think the last probably well, probably last two we've last two struggles we've had who have been sort of consistent in putting the ball back in the net. Glenn Murray, um, I think it's a Watford now, isn't he? Um, and you could yeah. still get in that team and probably do a better job. And and um, obviously in in your squad now, Dwight Gale. Um, was sort of you know, clinical for us, but I think since 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 him, I can't really think of anyone who's who's done the business for us. And it's- Boys,
0: let's not forget. And again, I know we're trying to clutch at straws here on a Friday night uh, as as sad Palace fans, but ultimately, um, obviously, Benteke in his first season for us scored about fifteen goals. I know we're going back a few years ago, but the the reality is we know what his game is and what we need to do to to feed him. I think what worries me more, and it goes back to what was mentioned a little while ago, is, you know, I think it's now 15 uh, in the 17 games we've not had Zahar. We've lost him 15 of them. Zahar's got five goals this season. And as they have said, six other players have scored one goal each. So in 10 games in, no one has scored more than two goals. And that, that's, that's the problem for our, our side moving forward. I think one thing I, I think before we finish off on some of the Newcastle thing, and Davey, forgive me for this, but I, 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 I mentioned it right at the end of the WhatsApp. I think the funniest thing I've seen tonight is Newcastle 2-0 up in the 93rd minute and they're, they're protecting the corner Uh, with John Joe Shelby and whoever it was with him, because obviously we were going to get it out for the last 30 seconds and score two from that corner.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, anything's possible in Newcastle, mate, believe me. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, Uh, Jess Shelby has another one. Jeez, somebody that's got so much promise and, um, you know, supposedly has a beautiful right foot on him, but he inevitably just doesn't provide... Yeah, so Davey, we
1: don't we don't we don't have the pleasure of many guests on this podcast. It's something mm. we're trying to trying to get more and more um, of our friends for opposition teams on. So it's great to have you on. So while, while you are with us, really keen to understand your thoughts on a, on a few areas. First mm. one, your manager, because we obviously have a bit of a love and hate with your manager. Yeah,
3: yeah. Well, there's first thing that we've got in common. Can't stand the fat bastard. Um, <laughs> he's uh, you know he he's a nice guy and all that, and he is a Geordie lad, but. As soon as he got brought in, we all knew that this was a a Mike Ashley signing, a yes man, somebody that would just do what he's told, somebody that would basically be pinching himself going, Jesus, I can't believe I'm here managing my boyhood club. Um, I've never, ever rated him. Um, Go back, what, 17, 18 years when he was at Palace. He was actually almost successful ever manager statistically, although, albeit it was only for 18 games. But everywhere he's gone, he's kind of decided to see the green grass and gone for it. And um, uh, he hasn't got a good reputation in that respect, but it's just down to the pure football. It is old school. It is hoofball. I don't think he has any tactical nous on him at all. He even admitted that that he doesn't do tactics. And as soon as you got a manager saying that, do you really want a manager who is saying that he doesn't do tactics? Do you really no, want that's,
2: that? That's, that's an interesting point. So what, he, he actually came out and said he doesn't do tactics. I don't understand that.
3: Yeah, he said it last season at some point, which, you know, if, you, if your heart couldn't sink any further as a Geordie, you know, to hear your manager saying that, and you're just shaking your head, saying, "You know, even if you do think that, just don't say it in the press." Unless he was being ironic, I really don't know. But he doesn't I guess in what,
2: in what context was this was this said?
3: Was it was, can't was about? I okay. can't remember, Luke. Uh, I really can't. Um I'm sorry. I should have dragged that one out, but um he, he, he is he's tactically devoid. He really doesn't know what to do. And if you look at tonight's game, for example, you tell me as Crystal Palace fans. What did we change to make it two 0 We didn't. We didn't change it. We didn't change shape or formation. We were we, we, there was no fluidity at all. There never is. We were a lot more fluid than we were against Chelsea. And as I say, we, we played okay, but um, the the, uh, the the tactics that coming from the side are pretty. They're pretty much devoid. There's nothing happening there. And his body language, he just looks frustrated and he doesn't know what he's saying and doing all of the time. He sets the team up to simply draw. I don't think he sets the teams up to win and he's quite happy for that. And um, if we'd got that nil-nil draw tonight, he would have been beaming all over.
2: I think that's an interesting point you made because I, I, I said to you guys that during the game, I thought that there was literally two banks of four on each side. Um, Steve Bruce he probably he probably drills his players very well, and you've got to, you've got to commend him on that. I mean, I know David, you're you're not a fan, but I, I, I despite Palace's problems with him, I, I've never had a problem with Steve Bruce. I thought he'd done. You know, well, to get where he, where
3: he is, to be fair, but I no. have he's been okay to interview, mate. But well, um... just to finish, just to finish on that, Luke. Sorry, go you caught over you there. No, but no, I on. mean, just just to finish, because I mean, I was expecting to be going on a right old rant about Steve Bruce tonight after yet another, you know, drab <laughs> drab defeat. Uh, but you know, look at the the formations that he sets up. Uh, he, when he came in, he, he tried to he tried to do what what uh, Rafa did by basically just setting up exactly the same formation. Um, and exactly, you know, the same players on the pitch. It didn't. It didn't work. Um, and he kept changing it all of the time. But he, he either has four or five at the back, and inevitably he plays five. When we play with uh, five at the back, um, you know, the last nineteen games with five we have won two, and we've picked up twelve points. And then in the last ten, um, we've with four at the back. Well, in the last eleven now, we've actually won six. So that statistic alone tells you, stick with that, stick with that formation. And then what happens is we'll have a home game and you'll go back to five at the back, sitting really deep. The defense, sorry, the midfield, so far behind the lone striker up front. um, It's it's horrible. It is really, really horrible. But fortunately, unfortunately for yourselves, we came across a Crystal Palace side that um, have very, Similar tactics, I would say. I hope you don't mind me saying that. Uh, where we said earlier on, you, you, you're quite happy to sit and soak up the pressure and get people on the break with the likes of Zaha and Eze, who, by the way, I really rate highly. He's a he's a great sign.
1: It's, it's interesting, is it? The manager dynamic. We talk often in this pod about our own manager. Is he really divides the fan fans opinion? So you've got you know a bunch of people, and I'd probably say most of us. Well, I suppose us three actually on this on this call. Mm-hmm. Who who are very much pro Roy Hodgson, recognise the job he does with the budget and the, you know, structure he's got to work with, uh, and then there's a a big group of the fan base who you know say you know he needs to move on, his tactics are ancient, you know, so on and so forth, uh, and the bit we always come back to is well, who would you have instead, and we always get stuck at that point because we can't think of you know who we would have. Who would you who would you have as a Newcastle manager then?
3: Oh look, that's difficult. I mean. Um... Uh, you know, I think the points that you're making there are are spot on, by the way, I was going to ask you what your thoughts were on Hodgson. I think he's a good guy, actually. You know, he's a great manager um, who's who's been around and he's got a lot of experience. Um, I think um, if Newcastle fans were there, they'd, There'd be a baptism of fire, unfortunately, for Bruce. Um, I think it was at um, Aston Villa. Somebody threw a cabbage at him, didn't he? And he had a duck and it missed him. You don't want that happening, but I do think you'd be getting an awful lot of grief simply because the football's bad. And Alan Shearer tweeted tonight, or he might have said it on, on the television, that you know people saying your Castle fans ask for a lot. We don't. All we want is some hope. And that's what he said. I'm quoting Shearer there. But it's true. We just want to see a team that tries and plays whether that's under Bruce or any other manager, I don't know, but it's all about how that team's set up and how they go out and play. Are they playing for Bruce? I've got big question marks on that, I have to say. When you see the likes of Alan St. Maximan, whose body language over the last 10 games has been somebody that doesn't want to be there, or Miron, who's lost the perma smile on his face, there's no happiness in his play anymore. They look confused and bewildered on the pitch. They don't really know what they're doing. So um, it certainly wouldn't be Steve Bruce, Matt. Um, I would love to have seen... Um, uh, Benitez stay there and continue with his journey. Although again, the football wasn't so good, but just continue with this vision he had. He had a, you know, he had a plan. You wanted we're going to somewhere, yeah, to, yeah, to progress and push forward from the infrastructure and the youth upwards. Now we're just back to, you know, nothing, cabbage ball. It's awful. Kev,
0: yeah, I was going to ask the question, and and obviously, it's great to have Davy on to give us this uh, perspective of the team we've played against, which I know we've been trying to work on in a little while. Is is a lot of it though, Davey, almost not irrelevant, but until there is a change at the top in Newcastle around the ownership, does, does is it almost just a case of, even as you say, even if you bought in someone else, is it almost seen as if it's it's someone who's going to be a, a yes man to Mr. Ashley and mm. therefore as a result, you, you know not as you quite rightly say, you don't ask for a lot, you just want to see something that gives a bit of hope and excitement. Is it because of of what's going on in the boardroom or the ownership that mm-hmm. almost is st- continues to stifle yeah. what what the club's about at the moment?
3: Well, you've knocked the nail on the head. I mean, you've all been laughing your heads off when the, the, the takeover didn't happen like the rest of the country were, when somehow the yeah, Premier, Premier League pulled, pulled, pulled the whole... Do you, th- you, know, do you, the you think that, though?
0: Under. Do you think that, though? Because I, I'll be honest with you, Davey, I I look at it and I think Newcastle, for a lot of people, particularly my generation, I'm a bit older than some of these boys... But I remember the flair of what Newcastle is. And it has always been, to me, a glamour side. And I wouldn't necessarily say down in the South that they're your second side, but they're someone that you you want to see do well. So I, I... I'm, I'm certainly not disputing you at all, then, no. my friend. But I, I was, I was disappointed for Newcastle that the yeah. the takeover didn't happen. Make. I'm that laughing when you not. said.
3: You, well, I'm laughing when you said. See, as a glamour side, I think you're definitely going back to the 25 years when we had that brilliant team under Keegan. I've not seen many yes, <laughs> glamour sides since. Right. <laughs> <That's what laughs> you, you, I,
2: I think. I think to <laughs> me, I think. I think a Newcastle. I think a Genoa. I think of Ferdinand. No, yeah. I think of was I think of Warren Barton smashing one in for 40 yards for no reason. Um, that sort of thing. I, 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 that, that's what I think of Newcastle. Obviously, massive club. I'm not. I'm not I don't want to feel yeah. like I'm sucking Newcastle off here just because you're here. But no, it, they, they are for me. They always were a massive club, and and someone who I enjoyed watching and always backed.
0: Did
3: he um, say sucking off, Nuke. You've got to keep that in the pod. Nuka can suck me off any time now. <laughs> By the way, I'm married with a couple of kids. But no, I think, um, the, you know, You're Kev, on, you, you, Kev made, you made a brilliant point there. I do believe that, you know, the, the, the club is a shell. It really is. And, um, you know, Mike Ashley has used it as a business. He's used it for his own gain. What he's got there is, he, knew, he knows this, he's got a lot of, you know very very passionate loyal football fans who turn up no matter what shite has been played on the pitch they will buy them shirts no matter what shite is being played on the pitch and they will bring in millions to the club and he balances his books up quite nicely um you know he he basically supports sports direct through newcastle united remember he gets 110 120 130 million from the premier league every year uh, if he gives if he gives steve bruce 40 50 of that That keeps supposedly keeps the fans happy, and the rest of it you can keep, you know, pay the wages from, and then the rest of it is just pure profit. We're financially a secure side, but we are a real shell of a club with no vision at all, a laughable training ground, a terrible youth team. You know, the 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 youth academy there has just gone backwards. We're not producing any good players, and it's it, it it's awful for Newcastle fans. We see all this, and it it it's um it's just heartless club. We just feel like that. It's lost. That's an interesting bit you
2: point, point you make there, David, because mm-hmm. in terms yeah. of like, obviously the structure of the club, the infrastructure of the club, obviously external fans like, like myself and, and probably Kevin Matthew as well, don't, don't see the the stuff which is put up on Newcastle website, the stuff about the academy, stuff about the training ground. We don't see that, you know, we're, we're quite lucky in the sense that we're hearing good news from the academy and the training ground, at palace, you know, that since the, the palace are actually just building that up now, Whereas Newcastle obviously had that established for many years because they are light years above a palace because they've, they've been in the Premier League for so long. They're an established Premier League club. All right, you had that dick, uh, you know, where you got relegated, but straight back up and, you know, cemented your position. I'm not sceptical, but I don't know. I, I sort of wonder, like you, like Matthew said earlier, like if if you get rid of Steve Bruce, so who, who was going to come in? So it's almost like that situation where it's like sort of Hodgson, out people at Palace it's like well they all want Hodgson out but then who would you want to come in I, I don't know who's going to come in and do a job for Newcastle that's better than Steve Bruce is doing right now if start because he's, he's, he's keeping Steve Bruce is probably going to keep in the Premier League that's almost guaranteed I think, I I think you, you might have a different opinion to that
3: I still think um, you know a good coach who can coach players set them up correctly have a system have formation and, um, and have, have a plan when you go out is, is, is the way forward. We've got players like, say, the Longstaff brothers. You saw Sean Tonight starting. He's a he's a sort of peer limitation of the footballer that we had two years ago before his injury when Manchester United were touted to buy and you know spend twenty five million on him. Um as he is he being coached badly? Is Joe Linton being coached badly? Is he a forty million pound player? But really he's not being coached properly. We just we just don't know this because of course we don't have the privilege of being in these training sessions. But as Newcastle fans, all we can see is poor coaching. And you can just cite a couple of examples straight away in the premier league of football teams that are benefiting from having great coaches and that's brighton and southampton and leeds united as well who've got managers there who really know football inside out they can have individuals playing to the strengths who can have teams you know being fluid and, and moving in different formations and playing to each other's strengths too and having a sort of element of success from it in Inevitably, brilliant to watch at times. Quite exciting. We don't see that in Newcastle. We are a real dull sight to watch. Well, um, you didn't. You,
1: know. you didn't see that tonight at Palace either, Davy. But actually, nor have you know, We in the last couple of games. But actually, that's where Roy Hodgson and also we have to mention Ray Lewinton because if you watch that game tonight without the uh, the crowd noise on, as I did, all you hear is Ray Lewinton's voice. But you know, okay. those two together, <laughs> yeah. they really have worked miracles with with very, very little investment and they've managed to bring a couple of players through the youth system as well in the last few years as well and I think, you know, it, you touch on a few points that, you know, you're not happy about in your club, that we often forget our club just how great they are so, you know, Luke touched on the training ground you know, Palace have got a decent training ground, they've now bought a bit of land over the road to expand on the academy and get to the category one status that they need to and, you know, South, South East London's, you know, historically ripe for for really good, uh, you know, up and coming football talent. Uh, so there's that that they're 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 bringing on. They're looking to develop the stadium and do what they can to to progress the the stadium, obviously within reason, because you know they're in a inner city area and there's not so much you can do. But they're, they're looking what they can do there, and you know they're looking to progress things that in the way in which the football clubs run. So you know we do often take for granted just how much we have got and also for Palace you know we've been in the Premier League uh, you guys remind, is it eight years now nine years whatever is Yeah, eight the eighth year isn't it
0: Eight season yeah mm-hmm.
1: yeah and you know we, we got up in a bit of a, a bit of a flash really we shouldn't really have got up that year we kind of stumbled into the playoffs and you know the the two legs we just about made it through a fantastic second leg that Zahar Basin, and Balassi got us through and then we we're at Wembley, and it was a penalty that decided it. And there we are, two years into these new owners, when we've gone from having a shell of a club. You know, they struggled to put a team together the first first few games of the season when um, they they just about saved themselves after the Sheffield Wednesday game. I'm sure you remember. So yeah, you know, we we do often take that for granted, and it's a good reminder of just what is input, what is important in a football club.
3: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, and, and I think all football clubs need, need an element of stability. We we don't have that at Newcastle. We've had an awful lot of managers there. And whenever a manager's brought in, there's always the, the latest drama around the corner. And you just have to look, you know, everyone from, you know, Pardew, who you all know very well, uh, Steve McLaren, and uh, Rafa Benitez, who you could straight away, him and Ashley just didn't get on at all. And that, that was always going to be, only one person walking away. And now you've got Steve Bruce. You know there's no progression, there's no stability there at all. And inevitably, there's no, um, there's no plan. There's no, no plan there. Crystal Palace at least seemed to have a plan. And when you're hearing stories like that, what you just said there, Matt, where you've got youngsters coming through, you've got a youth academy that's you know that you're starting to build the foundations. We've all played football manager, and the first thing you do is set up your academy and make sure you've got a good uh, youth head of youth academy. Um and that you know that's what you need that's the heart and soul of any club, really, and really the future isn't it and we and, and English football as a whole we all need good English players coming through. We're just not seeing them at Newcastle
0: yeah i was I was gonna say if I may just just going back to the coaching thing um yeah. And again, this is not, not a knock in any way, shape or form, but I think Steve Bruce has got um, Stephen Clements with him, which I think he's had with him yep. for many, many years. And I don't know if there, who else is in there. Is it possibly, and again, I'm conscious of time and we don't want to send, Don't because it, it would be great to get on to your thoughts of the stadium, Sellers Park and our best trips up to... Uh, Your part of the world and, and and vice versa because I'm sure there's some nice nostalgia stories there but it's part of the issue yet yeah, Ray Lewington and and Roy Hodgson have been together for many years there is that feeling I feel also with Steve Bruce and obviously Steve Clements and just while we're on that RIP to Steve's dad who we all know was a wonderful wonderful goalkeeper who we lost recently um is, is it that possibly Steve Bruce and Steve Clements haven't... Is Steve Clements, uh, possibly not a, Stephen Clements not a strong enough character? Whereas I think Ray Lewington really pushes Ray, uh, Roy Hodgson, to get the best out of him and work to bring the Academy through. It, is, are they two faceless individuals who are not making it happen enough in Newcastle for that reason? Because yeah, yeah. they're not progressing...
3: Yes, I know. I think it's, it, it, again, it's another good point you make. You don't see that very often, do you, in clubs where you have, um, you know, you, you, obviously your manager and then you've got a really strong head coach there backing them all away. And like you said earlier on, Matt, you could just hear Luton all the way through the match shouting, uh, not Roy Hodgson. um. We hear nothing from the Newcastle bench, by the way. So, I I, I really don't know because I just don't know them long enough. I've, I've only watched them in the year and a half that they've been in Newcastle, and I, I'm not really seeing much coming from them at all. Clemens, I don't really know what, what he does. Every now and then he come, comes along, he's saying whispering in something in Bruce's ear, and then Bruce sort of shouts at his big red head out into the in, in onto the pitch. And you uh, often say players turn around looking and they're looking a bit bewildered and confused. So, I, I just I really, it's a hard one to answer, Kev. I just think they're fucking absolutely hopeless. They're they're terrible.
2: I mean, it's always been a bit of a strange appointments up there in Newcastle because, you know, I I think back in the last, well, I was going to say 10 years, but what do you think? 20 years now, if I'm honest. No, Keegan was reappointed and then Joe Kinnear came
3: in. Oh, It's
2: just like... what, what. what, what was? I mean, I don't want to go too deep into it. What was that about? Like, that, that was a yeah. strange. Sort of well, thing, that was the it? start. That talk. was the
3: that was the start of the Ashley reign. Bring Keegan Wise sack Allardyce to, to bring Keegan in to try and make yourself popular with the fans. Take your top off and get pissed with the lads. In the, that's what Mike Ashley did. Yeah. Sack Keegan because Keegan realised that things were no, it's not right there because he got Dennis Wise making all the decisions. Uh, bring in Jokin up. Um honestly, it's, it just tumbles from one fucking comedy to the next. It's non-stop at Newcastle. The comedy bus is forever rolling through that city centre, mate, and we, unfortunately, are the laughing stock.
0: Davey, can I just ask, if I may, mate, before we get on to some of those other bits, which I'm sure Matt will bring us on to, what was it like, and I I, I don't know whether you would have been in the stadium at the time, but what was it like when Lee Bowyer, Squared up to Kieran Dyer and (laughs) smashed the fucking life out of each other. What was that like to be there? And how did that go down in Newcastle that night?
3: Yeah, well, I was, I mean, I was there and um, it was just bizarre. We couldn't believe what was happening because we were watching a match where we weren't really doing really well. I think it was nil-nil against Villa at the time it was and um yeah it just sort of all came from nowhere we 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 kind of missed it we, you know by the time we saw what was going on all the players were, were on them you know but when you were watching a battle matter there on the night time you just you're holding your head in your hands going, when when's the comedy ever going to end at newcastle
0: I, I would all these years on have, it's still
3: there i would have loved to have
0: been a fly on the wall in Suenez's team talk uh, at <laughs> the end of the game, and, and Shearer, I can imagine Shearer. I would, I, I can imagine in the old days, that Shearer mostly wanting to knock one of them out for that. Really, well, it would be, sure. be
2: interesting to hear Sooness's review, though, would not it? Because this is the man that planted a you know, Galatasaray flag in the middle of you know, the... Right? <laughs> <laughs> so he's he's got a, he, he had a bit about him himself. So it would have been interesting. Oh to yeah, Suenez did. Well, there's
3: there's another bell end for you. You know what I mean? You have got them two on the pitch, and like bell ends. <laughs> then you got Sunez, who was just, oh, dear me, honestly. <laughs> oh, can we get back to joking here? Yeah, <laughs>
1: <it's>, we, <laughs> we've touched a few times on, on the stadium, and it is a very impressive stadium. Um, we had the... Uh, what, Seller's Park? Um, <laughs> well, yeah, that as well, Kev, But It today, is? The Davis Park. What's it called? Is it called the Sports Direct Stadium?
3: Right? <laughs> it's back St James's Park now, but he went through another period of winding the Castle fans up as much as he can by calling it the Sports Direct Arena. Yeah. <laughs> Right, that's very good. Back to its rightful name. Hey, Mark. Sorry, 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 Matt. I'm cutting over you as well here, Matt. I think we're all a bit drunk, aren't we? Um, I think uh, you, when, when that season when it was a sports direct arena, do you all play FIFA at all? Um, Mainly play it a lot. And uh, you obviously, you can buy your own football grounds on there. That season, I didn't buy it. There's no way <laughs> I was ever going to buy a stadium called Sports Direct Arena. But sell her sell a spark instead.
2: <laughs> David, David, sorry, Lee won't forgive me unless I mention that you've got that you've lost nine out of the last eleven.
3: Anyway, back of the match, the match tonight. It was yeah, it was a pretty. <laughs> no, I don't know where he's talking I'm
2: leaving
3: about. I'll leave that in. That in. <laughs> uh, he's a he's a lion, bastard. That's all I can say. <laughs> it's a sorry pretty match. impressive. <laughs> it's a pretty
1: impressive way in. at St James's Park. Um, uh, you're right, oh, right up there, and you know, right up in the heavens, you can see. Uh, you've got a great view of Newcastle as well as the pitch, actually, as well. Um, and we we had a bit of an interesting, uh, eventful trip up there with the uh, the team landing and being found to be an administration. Um, yeah. But it was it's a really great ground to go to. Have you got have you got experience of going to Sellers Park? I'm sure it's uh, just as fantastic an experience as we had there.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I've, 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 uh, well, i well I really like Sohurst Park. It's um it, it it's a little bit like uh, Stamford Bridge in that it's it's quite it's quite close close to the ground, you, you, you create a real fervour and noise, and you've got really passionate fans of Crystal Palace. The noise that you make there is unbelievable. Um, but I've actually only been to Seller Sport once and it was the season we got promoted in the mid-90s with Keegan. Um, and um, when we just sort of took the Premier League by storm. So I'm showing my age here as well, Kev. Uh, so you yeah. go back what 25 years, and we won one 0 Peter Beardsley, and uh, coming away from any ground with a draw at that point was amazing. To come away with a win from you know famous old Crystal Palace, and that was that was a great day. It was it was probably more memorable though, for the the piss up in London. Uh, during the day, all the Jordies taking over. It was fantastic. It's great, really good memories of, um, of of that that particular game. In fact, that was the start of the. the we we ended up winning seven in a row after that. Uh, not not all consecutive seasons, but we became a bit of a bogey side for you. And uh, mm. as I say, we've never we never won until tonight. Uh, we've never won there since. But, I remember yeah, say... an
2: autumn game at Selhurst, though. Remember when Patrick Cliver did like a, a back heel? Um, and put it in. Do you remember that, Davey? That was one
3: year, won it? What, yeah. more, wasn't it? Yeah. I do. He only scored about three, four goals for us. And yeah, that was one of them, unfortunately, for you.
1: The reverse fixture, Dave, Davey, mm-hmm. for, the,
3: for the game you're talking
1: about, I'm pretty sure Shearer scored an absolutely blinding goal at St. James Park against Palace.
3: That was the season after. Um, was because, it? Okay. Yeah, because yeah, he, he was not He was playing for Blackburn then still. Oh, OK. Uh, right. So it was, I think that was a, maybe even two seasons after. But that was our very first season up in the Premier League with Andy Cole, Robert Lee. Uh, oh,
1: okay. So, the, yeah, the second one you're thinking about, I think Palace might have won that one two one. I think Padovano
3: might have scored and Lombardo Padovano and really? Shipley. Shipley,
2: Shipley. Shipley, Shipley that's Padovano. It. Yeah,
3: two yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. Neil Shipley. Yeah. Jeez, aye. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what? Tell me, you've done good battles with Palace over the years. Not, not, not games up where you get loads of goals of late, uh, really. Um, but. Um,
0: well, I, uh, I, I've i only ever been up to the lovely St. James's Park once, but I had the, uh, I'm going to say the good fortune, didn't class it as good fortune because it was a long trip on a Saturday, uh, but to see uh, Mr. Gascoigne score in one of his early games in an FA Cup tie against Crystal yeah. Palace.
3: Well, uh, that was my most memorable, and I was going to come on to that, uh, my most memorable game, uh, that was in FA Cup. And um, that would have been in what 1988. So it was 88, 88, 89. Season I think it before you went, and it was January the third. And I know yep. my my birthday is on January the first, so it was my. house. So I was 18 at the time. And uh, he scored an absolute perla that kind of sort of rattled off the stand. Remember the old oh, the
0: yeah.
3: stanchion yeah. corner that he used to have, yeah. which was taken away. It sort of rattled, and I'll send you that grainy footage from YouTube. It is an absolute pearler. And be, then he ran down, down the other
0: end and did the little dance, didn't he? You remember? did, yeah.
3: Of course, I remember it very well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'm, I'm glad that you, you know, you've got good memories of coming to St. James. It's not always on the pitch because every time I talk to away fans, they love coming to Newcastle and it's mainly for the piss-up. You know, the, the night out, if, you have, if, if you're lucky enough to be coming for a stayover. over you guaranteed a good night out in the tune, aren't you? And you'll not get any trouble unless you're a bit of a yeah. bell-end who starts shouting about in the pubs about how great your team is. Uh, nobody will bother you. And if anything, you'll find a very <laughs> we friendly... We won't be doing
0: that. We won't be doing that, Lee,
3: about our team. <laughs> but you'll find a very friendly reception. You know, I love chatting with the way fans, you know, as long as it's there, they're not shouting their mouth off. And uh, it's always a great atmosphere, I find, when when you when come up in the pubs anyway, not necessarily mm. in the ground. Go, David. I was just going to ask you what your thoughts were on that away stand because uh, um, one thing I do get is of negativity from away fans is that it is too high up. You know, you're, you're up in the clouds and when you're pissed, it's, it's, uh, it's a nightmare. <laughs> it's
2: bloody it is cold. an experience, think... to be fair. It's, yeah, it's, it's bloody cold, as Matthew says, but it is an experience. I think you've got to go there and, and you've got to experience it. Yeah, I think I think going from Sellers to, to, to St. Joseph's Park, especially in the away section, you feel a bit detached from the action mm-hmm. but like you say David like when you're pissed and you've had a few beers all you got to do is look horizontal and you're, you're seeing an amazing view and you quite enjoy that to be fair and then you look back down and you see Sean Derry shitting in his own goal and then Niall Rangers scoring <laughs> in, in injury time to make it 2-0 and you just put, put into administration so you go out and a it up to get smashed so everyone has a good time at the end of the day.
1: It's a very high it's a very high place to be uh thought you going I'd say and yeah it it's it's very cold in january as we, as we 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 were there um but no like you say my my memories are more about sort of the, the experience itself and going to newcastle and having a good time afterwards and i think it was a wednesday night but it was it was like it was a saturday night, night. Yeah, it was fun. Well, as it exactly. is for most
3: clubs, it's your longest trip, isn't it? Uh, for most yeah. clubs, If we come to Newcastle, it is. Um, yeah. it's, it's, it's your longest trip, so, you know, make it worthwhile if you get the opportunity. And of I course,
2: think we've got the plane up there, didn't we, bruv? Did we... We've got the train there and the plane back. £12! <laughs> it was, it was £12, pounds. I'm joking, the flight was £12.
3: Pounds.
0: <laughs> was it was bruv, wasn't it? it was I 12 pounds. No, 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 you're getting that confused with what Neil Warnock's transfer budget was that season. <laughs> <laughs> Bob, correct me if I'm wrong. Comment. It was it was, it was twelve pounds, wasn't it? I thought it was far away for that. I'm pretty sure
1: it was a train up for a tenner, and we flew back for pennies as well because we booked yeah, it like yeah. when the fixtures came out. So, uh, yeah, it's one of, my, one of the trips we'd, we'd always wanted to do. All the, one of the stages we always wanted to go to. The other that, thing, Davies, that, that, that was the days about... when
2: you didn't have to worry about your TV, your fixture being changed for TV fixtures and things like that. But
1: right. Sorry, Bob. The other thing, Dave, is it takes about half an hour to get up to the stand as well. Yeah. It's a long old to dig up there. But um yeah, yeah, all good all good all good fun. Look, chaps, we're gonna wrap it up here. David, it's been great to have you join us. Thanks for um, much well,
3: Thanks for having me on. I've really, really enjoyed the chat and obviously uh, I I hope that he is um you know I didn't come across too cocky.
1: Thanks, David. Thanks for coming on to join us. Uh, we we'll are certainly be having you back again Luke and Kev thanks very much as always it's a shame it wasn't uh, a, uh, a better result for Palace but um, as always a good chat, thanks chaps um, and Dave you can join us in, in on this one uh, as always lads, up the Palace
3: uh-huh. did you say foot the Palace?
2: <laughs> <laughs> we're cutting there we cutting
1: there
0: the Six Pointer Podcast <laughs>